In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about the science of ripping a person in half, making a hand tree, going back into vampire lore, and the gross jobs we had when we were 16 in our chat about The Lost Girls with author Sonia Hartle. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Sonia Hartle, author of The Lost Girls. Yay! (laughs) Claire. Yes. Is it time? It's time. It's time for Would You Rather. We asked... On social Wait, media this week. I have what? to interrupt. I have to interrupt. <gasps> no! Because you remember what I said at the beginning of the episode? How this mm-hmm. one is super special and it was a surprise to everyone, including yes. us? Yes! Right. We're joined by author Sonia Hartle today and it's amazing! <gasps> Yay. Yay! And we're forcing her to play violent Would You Rather with us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because it's about vampires and it's dracula day happy dracula day yay for dracula yay yay thanks so much for joining us we're super happy that you're here because we loved your book go back and go back and listen to the episode and you'll (laughs) you'll feel it you'll feel the love (laughs) nice right well there's not a lot of love in this question because no, we asked on social media, would you rather give up your living memories but be able to live wherever you want or keep your living memories but be tethered to an asshole and Man. not a lovable asshole? Not a lovable asshole. Elton is the worst. For the first time ever, Facebook were in 100% agreement that they're giving up so they can go wherever they want. On Instagram, 75% are giving up their living memories. On Twitter, 80% are giving up their living memories. But TikTok, with 57%, are keeping their memories and being tethered to an asshole. I'm really surprised about that. I'm very (laughs) worried for TikTok. (laughs) We're always worried about TikTok. I would expect Twitter because we know that's made of, you know, demons and monsters. Right. It's the glittery cesspool. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm worried about TikTok. I'm worried about TikTok. Oh, we had some good comments, though. Vincent on Facebook said, I'm going to live wherever I want and there's plenty of memories I'd rather forget. Colin on Facebook said, ain't no way you're keeping this independent woman tethered. I've got lots of great memories that I'd hate to lose. But I'm not sure there'd be much comfort tethered to a butt munch. <laughs> butt munch. Butt munch. I like it. That's. I mean, I feel like that's more 90s than 80s, but, you know. Well, it depends when you Holly would have. Holly probably would have called someone a butt munch. Definitely. If I had to guess. <laughs> Definitely. Bree on Facebook said, fresh start for the win. It will be bittersweet, but better to cut off all the baggage, good and bad. If I'm going to live my best undead life. Yes. And Annie on Facebook said, kick the asshole to the curb and move on. Coral on Facebook said, nope, don't want to be tethered to an asshole. That sounds like a living nightmare. And Constance on Facebook said, is it a lovable asshole? I wouldn't mind being tethered to a lovable asshole. If it's a straight up asshole, I will give up my memories in a nanosecond. Sorry, Constance, he's not a lovable. Not a lovable asshole, sorry. And Lydia Inked on TikTok said, I can always make more memories. Nice. And that's true. You have eternity to make new memories. Or in Parker's case, you have to make the new memories. Because you never thought to write anything down. And you're still a baby vamp. She's a tiny, precious baby vamp. Yeah. All right, Sonia, what are you doing? I mean, I think my answer is pretty obvious just because of the way that I wrote things, but I would definitely give up my memories for going wherever I want. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same. No, no Same. asshole deserves all of you like that. Ugh. No, and Elton's the worst. Oh, he's such a jerk. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> but, he's got a know. pretentious name as well. Elton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I just want to rip his head off. But then it's just going to grow back. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I bet he, he would, if he was British, he would drink artisan gin. <sighs> and he'd always British. wear a sweater over his button-down shirt with the collar unbuttoned, always. <laughs> and he would yeah. always wear shoes without socks and the trousers oh. just an inch too short. Oh, this is a yeah, terrible exactly. description. No, but that's no. that's what that's what that's British Elton. Elton would be like. <laughs> oh, I hate him. Next question: <laughs> Would you rather always have fifties style or eighties style? Oh, that one. I think I would rather have the. 50 style but that's only determined by like what is popular now like i would really love to have like a 50s like pinup style for like ever over like crimped hair no offense to the 80s (laughs) it's the worst hair era i I had like in the early 90s i think because like the 80s extended into where I live quite a bit past the 80s and I had the bangs that did the thing that curled up flipped up at the top and the big feathery hair and it was it was pretty tragic a lot of hairspray and so I think I like the like pinup style more we had a really good discussion earlier in the episode about um eternal hairspray <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And you we were trying to work it. out the logistics, weren't we, of permanently crimped hair? <laughs> yes. Oh my so gosh. We, yeah. We, I think we're going to have to have fictional hangover vampire eternals hairspray. I think we are. I think we're going to have to make that. Keep your crimps crimps for 30 years. <laughs> 30 years and beyond. Um, I think as much as I love my crimped hair right now i have to pick 50 style i love rose's like rockabilly look that she's got going on she was precious so i think i have to go for 50 style yeah there is absolutely no there is only one reason to ever wear 80s style ever again and that's costume cosplay or fancy dress for a party or you know hosting a audio podcast (laughs) (laughs) like four people watch it it's fine that's fine that's fine yeah 50 style all the way i i love 50 style it's flattering for my how did i describe my frame you the week snowman shaped frame i believe you Constantly call yourself spherical. I'm spherical, yeah. <laughs> it's very flattering for my frame. So you can do the pencil. But yeah, the 50 style. Do you know who I'm thinking of? Um, audiobook narrator, uh, oh, producer, um, Elise Green. Elise Green? Oh, she's got the best style. Yeah. Check out her Instagram. Her, She she gets a lot of retro clothes and 50 style. And yeah, she does. Wow. Mwah, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I can only be envious. Yeah, I know. What's our next question? Oh, would you rather participate in a bank heist or a grave robbery? Oh, I have to go with bank heist. I do not want to get into anybody's <laughs> grave at all. I'm digging up a grave. Everyone knows I'm going to answer that way. Digging up a grave. I apparently have family history of grave robbery <laughs> that's fantastic it's unverified but who am i to book tradition <laughs> are you gonna join me and dig up a corpse hells yeah <laughs> <laughs> fantastic and then we're gonna 
chain someone to a tree and rip their head off and then beat them with their own arms. As long as I can beat them with the wet end, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and the spookier the the graveyard or the kirkyard, the better. Oh yeah, definitely. It can't be a fresh new grave. It's got to, no. you know, it's got to be back no. in the in the back. Nobody cares about those graves anymore. Yeah, there's a, that's what we're there's going a graveyard for. in London that I've always wanted to go to called Highgate. These there's a oh, I think I was telling about you about this the other week. Um, there's a there was a rumor of the Highgate Cemetery vampire back in oh. like this, I can't remember it's like probably the seventies to be fair, but it's all linked to witchcraft and stuff. But it's just a silly thing. But yeah, Highgate Cemetery is supposed to be quite cool. It's old, really old. I love walking around cemeteries. The first one's interesting. Okay, next question. Would you rather have your arm, leg, or head ripped off? Um, I'm going to go with leg on that one. Do you have a because point I use... between right or left? <laughs> Both at the same time. <laughs> oh, terrible. Why do you pick your leg? I think well, just because I use my arms to write and I need my head. And <laughs> uh, I think like... I know they grow back, but still, just on the off chance that they don't, I can go without my leg more readily than I can anything else. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm quite disturbed at the idea of having a head ripped off, but it grows back. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I can't figure that the signs out in my head. I mean, obviously, there's very little signs to do with it. I feel like How it's does your hair still stay crimped? Magic. If it's growing back. Eternal hairspray. We've already <laughs> had this discussion, Claire. It's eternal hairspray. It just intrigues me. Like, is this some kind of weird muscle memory built into your hair follicles? <laughs> Claire, you're a vampire. <laughs> it's not real. It is. <laughs> it's <ruined> my reality. <laughs> I just imagine, and you know, Sonia, I'm probably wrong, so you feel free to you know, say, oh my god, Amanda, why are you so stupid? Um, I just feel like it's the biggest part that's that's left over, and then everything's just going to pop back from that. So that way you can have your head thrown, you know, ripped off and, and thrown away, but, you know, you got a big chunk left over here. How wrong am I? Wrong? No, right. it comes back pretty fast. Okay, okay, okay. Um, what if you got chopped in half? And it was fairly even. Would like the top half sprout the legs, and the legs would sprout the top half, and there's two of you. And then you fight each other. And then you can fight each other because <laughs> one is obviously the evil doppelganger at this point. It depends on what side it's ripped on. So if you're ripped from the bottom down, then the bottom would grow into your top half. <gasps> Oh, that makes so much sense. If we write this down, it's science. It is science. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm gonna go with an arm. I think I'm gonna have an arm ripped off. Um, mostly just for the scene with <laughs> Ida and Frankie, where she ties him up to the toilet paper rack and just keeps ripping his arms off, and then she's like. <laughs> shrug they're gonna grow back <laughs> I, I don't know i just really like that scene so i'm gonna if ida rips off my arms you know what? ida can do whatever ida can do whatever she wants with me i'll, I'll just willingly participate <laughs> i love ida. ida has the freedom to rip your personage to pieces i like it i like it she does. i'm gonna lose a leg because i'm hoping when it grows back my knees will be less creaky hmm <laughs> But no, Claire, don't you remember? Oh, the... oh no, that, that's You're going to have a neck flap. You're going to have a neck flap forever. So your knees are always going to suck. Can I have a neck flap for eternity over creaky knees? I would rather have the neck flap than creaky knees. Yeah, we'll, we'll grant that. Okay, thank you. As long as I can touch it. 
Yeah. Can I, t- can I touch your neck lamp? Art. <laughs> no. No, you can't touch it. Oh. <laughs> I love them all so much. <laughs> oh, I love our goth vampire queen, Stacey. Oh, she's the best. What's our last question? It's your favorite what? one. It is. Would you rather have a hand bird feeder, a brain or lantern, or a leg lamp? I'm going to go with the leg lamp because out of all of Ida's art projects, that one was my favorite. (laughs) That was actually the first project that I came up with for her. And I actually wrote the others in after I had developed her as like an artiste with body parts but that was the first one i conceived of i love it so much (laughs) what are you gonna pick claire i'm going with the brain or lantern i like the halloween aspect halloween's an aesthetic i i can particularly enjoy i love the brain or lantern too i just love all of them well it's it's not just for october either it's not just for spooktober spooktober is a 365 days of the year celebration it's year round brain o lantern um i am gonna go with the hand bird feeder we you know we live in the middle of nowhere now and we have bird feeders outside and i enjoy watching the birds so i need a new i need a new bird feeder and it needs (laughs) to be a hand that i've jammed onto something violently (laughs) i wonder if i could make one i'm sure i could find a fake hand somewhere I'm gonna do Wouldn't it. You just do it yourself. With you some, use your own hand. My own hand, and then well, it'll no, you'd have to get the, no, the, the polyphene and then stick your hand in. Yeah. To make the mold, and then yeah, pour in. Yeah. The I'm make, yeah, I'm make. I'm making this. It's happening. You it's happening. Then... You could you could attach them all to a tree, and then you've just got loads of hands on this tree. Yes. To make it really creepy. Yeah. That's part. I of need to aesthetic. do it. Yep, you will have to hang teeth from it as well, but that's that's of a different course. story. Well, that's that's for Cat Ellis. We're just gonna yeah. have the creepiest tree in on the lake. That's fine with me. Um, that sounds it sounds like me. It, it it's perfect. <laughs> okay, so that was our last <laughs> would you rather question, and now we have a few other questions that we want to ask. And shocking, no one. They're all about vampires. Yay! If you know Fictional Hangover, we're all vampires all the time. So, it's perfect. So, what are your favorite vampire tropes? The favorite tropes? Oh, Mm -hmm. I like... See, I liked to play with the tropes when I was writing this book a little bit because I like the the glamour and I like the mysteriousness and the darkness and all of that. And I wanted to kind of um, explore that a little bit with Stacy's character, how she kind of makes it like a caricature of what vampires are in like movies and television and that. And I, I love that glamorous mystery type aspect of vampires, but I also like seeing it when they're like, not living that sort of life (laughs) like what it would actually be like to be a teenager forever but i like love that mystery and that pull that they have and like the the like sexiness of it but it's like mysterious the unknown kind of thing definitely love our goth vampire queen stacy i imagine she watched the craft and she was like that's my aesthetic i mean it was (laughs) quite a few years after she turned into a vampire but still I can just imagine her thinking yes I'm going to live my best vampire life yes I am Feruza Balk yes (laughs) (laughs) I appreciated the fact that you had vampires that can go out in the daylight yes it annoys me a little bit that it's like the biggest most used trope where they can't go out in the daylight. It's like, well, why not? It is, and it's actually if if you like delve back into vampire lore from like the early early vampire lore, that's actually a fairly newer trope for that. Is they only can go out at night. Um, like the early early vampires that were written could be out whenever they felt like it, 
and then as like night became more of like the scary aspect it was just like included in the lore and it, it, i think it started to pick up more like popularity when dracula and that came out but previous to most of the books that came out around that time vampires were out whenever exactly. so i was like i'm i'm gonna draw back to the old old lore of that and and keep them out in the daylight well, that's it. Even Dracula could go out during the day. He wasn't as powerful, but he could still go yeah. out in the day. And it annoys the life out of me that ugh, it's the same tropes used over and over and over again. And that one is constantly used. Like, no, let them go out in the day. I understand, like, when they say that they get the, the damage from the UV rays. They can go out, but they get damaged by it. So they have to consume a little bit more blood. So I can understand that principle. But it's like, no, they turned to dust. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're undead. So they should be able, they should be more powerful than a little bit of sunlight. Yeah. Exactly. It should be harder to kill them. <laughs> exactly. Yours are really hard to kill. That's the, this <laughs> very, that's the coolest thing. Very specific methodology. <laughs> we loved that we loved the heirlooms like because i mean like i said all vampires all the time we read a lot of vampire books and we see a lot of the same thing over and over and over again but yours was so refreshing and these like these heirlooms it was it was so cool it was such a unique take on you know murder but uh so we really we really liked that so we wonder where did that idea come from it started out as like um, me digging into the psychology behind object memory and the way that like um, holding a certain object or uh, feeling something or fe smelling something or, you know, can bring back a memory stronger than without it um, and how many memories are attached to certain specific objects that people pass down throughout the years and the way that certain weighted objects that have a lot of history behind them feel when you see them or hold them, even if you're not personally attached to them. Mm -hmm. And so I liked the idea of making that very literal in a sense in attaching actual memories to an object that would be considered a value that you would you know, place a lot of your memories on. Yeah. So that's sort of where it developed. And it was sort of like I wanted to explore the way that memory and trauma work together as well and the way that trauma can sometimes um, mask older memories or make you view your past in a certain way other than the way that it actually, you know, all came out. It's like the bad memories will choke out the good ones. Mm -hmm. And I sort of wanted to explore um, that as well as object memory and the way that trauma and memory work together. That's really interesting. And we see when Holly goes to visit her mom, you know, she kind of realizes maybe after visiting with her, maybe her childhood wasn't so bad because her mom was clearly trying to give her a good life. And, you know, she definitely did not do it in a good way at all but you know she was still trying and she was also trying to enjoy herself at the same time but i really i appreciated when she went to visit her mom and like you know her opinion kind of changed a little bit so what you said makes that even more important yeah it was more like a like i wanted to it to be like a letting go of mm -hmm. resentment for other people letting go of resentment that you have for yourself and figuring out how to forgive the mistakes that you've made in your own life in a way that's very literal. Like she's literally letting her memories go, but she gets a moment to process them all in real time mm -hmm. with the distance as, you know, as they're fading, as they're going away and she's watching her life unfold before her eyes and she's seeing all of the pieces of it together. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point where she can finally say, I see it as it is, and I can forgive myself at that point. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of distance as well between where Holly is there to when it actually happened. Like thirty plus years has happened. Yeah, and yes, she's perpetually sixteen, but she have had some maturity because you know even teenagers grow up, and mm. to be able to have that personal growth and that wherewithal to say actually I need to close that part of my life 
off. So it was really like what probably one of the most touching scenes actually in the book. And I feel a little sorry for the mum to some extent. Like when you become a mum, you're a mum first and you lose you kind of have that loss of identity. So I can appreciate how her mum wanted to maintain a life and a separate identity from a child. Mm. She just obviously didn't know how to go around about it in the right way. <laughs> right. And strike right. that balance. So I'm not forgiving her, but I'm saying I can sympathise with her. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that Holly had that chance to close that chapter of her life. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's important to showcase relationships that aren't always, that can't always be healed, but don't necessarily need to be. Like, I can let this part go that hurt me and let go of that resentment and still not feel like I'm obligated to you in any way. Exactly. I really like that. Like the, the letting go of the blood family because you know it's unhealthy and going with the found family. We love, apart from vampires, found family stories. So having Ida and Rose, you know, welcome Holly straight away with open arms was lovely and like having that safety net already there so you know that does help facilitate holly closing off her human past was great yeah. and I, and i think the way that especially the way that that uh females that have been through you know relate to each other teenage girls relate to each other they're I know a lot of like media will portray teenage girls as like catty and terrible to each other, but honestly, they're the foundations of like a family outside of their family. This is where girls learn their identity. This is where they lean on each other when somebody does someone wrong, you know, does something wrong to them. Mm. Um, This is where they find their like core and their strength is in the relationships that they have with each other. And um, I know that they like a lot of, like media will portray girls fighting over a guy and and making a competition between them but girls who have been through it don't view it that way anymore you know they mm-hmm. they get through it they learn from it and they lean on each other and teenage girls are amazing and when they get together they are extremely powerful but i mean we've all been there haven't we and just because you're having a catty comment and conversation with your friends doesn't mean there's any animosity there. Usually right. it's just you're shooting the shit and having, you know, fixing the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that. Like, when I'm, I'm a teen librarian always on the inside, and I'm like, I've said it a thousand times on the podcast. Like, teens are going to be the next ones to change the world, and I'm excited about what they're doing. And like you said, you know, they're, they band together and they they're gonna do great things i'm very excited i think you also have to consider who is showing these teenagers as being catty and awful to each other who's writing it who's producing it who's directing it is it the source material coming from the correct place right exactly and and in the way that like girls aren't allowed to give each other shit you know, if they do, it's considered being catty. But if the boys give each other shit, they're just being bros. So, like, <laughs> you know, like, why can't girls call each other out and lift each other up at the same time? Yeah. I, I completely that. agree. I love that so much. We've kind of been talking about heirlooms there. But I want to know, I want to know from you as well, Amanda, what would your heirloom be? Oh, my gosh. You know, I... <laughs> I have no idea. I and I even read that question and I was like, I better think about this. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know because I don't like for me, I moved around a lot when I was growing up, so I relate to a lot of like Parker's pieces of her story. Like I put a little bit of myself in in every book that I write, but um I didn't have anything that like I kept from when I was young. You know, so I don't have anything that I would put a specific memory on. But if I were to do 
something like an heirloom, it would probably be something that had belonged to my mom. Like I would, Mm -hmm. I would take something from her home and make that an heirloom. Yeah. Like the history there. Yeah. Also, we don't need to be too specific because we don't want any of our vampire children to know what our heirlooms are. To start destroying things and killing us, so we've got to be careful with yeah. you know how much we reveal. Yeah, you're right. <sighs> hmm. You don't know, do you? I don't. I don't know. I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to ask me. I just thought we were going to torture the author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an equal uh, opportunity masochist. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I have no idea. Now I I'm also to wonder think. how much of it is an heirloom of opportunity. If you get turned into a vampire and you're not at home, yeah. What do you have? What like what do I have on my person right now that I would turn into an heirloom? Probably, mm, probably this ring, this one. My mom gave me that one, and I I don't know how long I've had it, but not long enough to be, you know, like from my childhood, not that long. But that's probably the one that I would pick if I had to pick something on my person. What about you? What are you picking, Claire? Well, bear in mind I'm half ready to go to bed because it's half past midnight. Right, yeah. (laughs) I'm not wearing much. It would probably end up being my glasses, but they're not old. I've only had these for less than a year. Yeah. But pretty important. My glasses are my eyes. That's a good pair of glasses, too. I would hate for those to be shattered. And, or melted in a cauldron, I should True. say. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me correct. <laughs> melted in a cauldron. Thinking about that, though, if my glasses did end up being turned into the heirloom, my eyesight would be as it is now. It wouldn't get any better, but it wouldn't get any worse. But I would still need glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You just have to get another pair. You just have to go to the eye doctor. It'll be fine. They're always on two for one deals. Just order them online. I've I've got sunglasses spare. My old prescriptions are not too too different. I can go, I can use all the spares. Yeah. I I never understand ordering glasses online. It's weird. I did it one time and I thought, like, oh, these are the cutest glasses I've ever seen. And I did the thing where you, like, upload your picture and put the glasses on. And it was fine and perfect. And when I got them, they were, like comically large (laughs) so (laughs) stupid looking but i loved them anyway but then i got lasik so i don't need them anymore but (laughs) this is why i like going to the opticians though i like to try on ludicrous spectacles first and then get serious about which ones i'm going to wear and then i have loads of pictures and i can go haha guess which ones i'm getting because i can't remember Let's see. Okay, so we also really loved how, you know, Ida's from the beginning of the 1900s and Rose's from the 50s. And we really loved, like I said, we really loved Rose's style. And we got the crimped hair and all that stuff. So you have a ton of different time periods. Oh, and I forgot Frankie and Gwen with their sweet, sweet 70s, like, feather style. So (laughs) which of the time periods that you included these characters from was your favorite and if you could have added another character from another time which time would you have picked um so i think my favorite time period was rose's time period because i love the rockabilly style i love that she wasn't like the the preppy poodle skirt wearing girl that she was a little bit you know she was she was cool. She was a cool girl during her time. And I love that style. I think it's so beautiful and fun and flirty and I love it. Um, if I had included another time period though, I would have loved to include like a hippie girl from the sixties. <gasps> that would have been really good. That would have been fun. I feel like she probably wouldn't have been violent enough to be a vampire though. She's like, no, right. just peace and love and <laughs> that would have okay. been really it's, interesting they go and meet her when they go on the road trip the free of Elton the ass ward now so they're going to get in to the car 
It's a van. I, I, in my head, it's a VW van. Oh, like old yeah, there's style. those fancy new ones now, so it entirely. No, I don't want could a fancy be. new one. I want an old style one because it's got character. I'm dressed in the fifties, Amanda. Come on. <laughs> and then they go cross country, and then they meet the hippie, and she's like, "Peace and love." While she's busy chowing down on the vegan pizza. I was going to say, she has to be eating a vegan. <laughs> it's very important for her to be eating a vegan. It's somewhere in San Francisco and he, he, he he's delivering a vegan pizza. <laughs> Lots of broccoli. I don't I understand. I love that so much. No insult to vegans, but broccoli pizza? Really? really? I've eaten broccoli on a pizza. It's good. Oh, weirdo. It's mm. fine. Pineapple all the way. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that either. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's see. We have we have one more question to ask, and it's very, very important to us because for the 800th time in this episode, All Vampires All the Time, um, who are your favorite book, movie, TV vampires, or your favorite vampire books, movies, shows, all of your favorite vampires? Ready, go. Okay, so I started, when I started reading vampires, I got into Anne Rice's books when I was way too young for them, but they were like the foundation of vampire stories for me, and then I started picking up like more teen vampire stories, like um, Christopher Pike, when I was younger, was like, he had a vampire series, and I absolutely devoured that, and then, um, of course, I tried to get on the twilight hype train with everybody but uh, <laughs> and then i was like but you know what edward's kind of a creep so yes. <laughs> but i was still like on the like i just like being part of like you know the big splashy vampire stuff and then um i like that there's more like queer vampire stories coming out lately that i really like like um caleb Rourke, who blurb my book um he wrote the fell of dark which is a great one and then um let's see there's another one that um isabel sterling came out with which is um oh my gosh i can't remember the title is it the it's... one that i recommended this one is it called coldest touch yes the coldest touch yes there it is yep that one came out last year recently too um which is a great one and then i like some of like that vampires are being included in more like romanticy type um, big like fantasy epic type stories like um from blood and ash and those type of books so like i like you know just different types of vampires and seeing all the different types of like stories and the way that people um can uh, imagine them you know their own style in their own way it's fun definitely so many different vampire tropes out there like we've already discussed and yeah. you can pick and choose Whichever ones you want. Like we read um uh Ashlyn O'Loughlin's uh, Big Bad Me with a vampire and they use the um counting the seed counting. Oh, and it was that. it's been so long since I've read a vampire book that's actually had that trope in and both of us were like Oh they're counting the seeds. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should read that one if you haven't already. It's very, very good. So I was just thinking, I was just thinking about Jay Kristoff and Empire of the Vampire since he just announced today the title of the second one. And so I was just kind of swooning over all of those vampires (laughs) again. Like, I miss those vampires. They're they are exceedingly violent vampires. Yeah, they are. I like them. They don't like the they don't like the sunlight either. No, they don't. Mm. And I like all the tropes, like how some people will make them like, you know, love interests or some people will make them scary and violent or, you know, it's like there's so many different like things that you can explore, like so many facets of humanity you can explore through like the undead, which is a lot of fun to like play with different tropes. That's why we love vampires. Exactly. I mean, they could go down. I like the fact that, like in Buffy, they go down the demonic route. Like they aren't human anymore. They're essentially a human shell with a demon in it that manifests. To like, it's just this 
suave, sophisticated kind of business suit guy. It's something we did talk about in the um in the main episode as we we're doing our discussion was like how it sucks to be a teen vampire because they've got no life skills, they've got no driver's license. Love the fact that they have to get the bus every night. God, I know. I love that they're riding the bus all over the place. Like, if I have to get on the bus again, I'm going to eat someone. Right. <laughs> like, when I was 16, I worked at Taco Bell, and I had to ride the bus everywhere. And I was like, if I was stuck like this for eternity, I would not be, like, living in a mansion and be glamorous and rich. I would be still working at Taco Bell and taking the bus everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's so difficult to be a modern vampire, especially a modern teen vampire, because mm-hmm. so much of your identity is paperwork, and you're not aging, so people know you're not aging. You don't have social security numbers, or you know, don't really have that much of an equivalent national insurance number equivalent in the UK. It's not really, um, you know, the, the you can't apply for a passport. You can't get a job because you can't get the references to get one so you just have to suck people dry steal their identity your work and tackle bell it sucks because like all these suave older millionaire vampires are older so they've been vampires for a couple of hundred years where the paper trail's not necessary you know they've got their stock portfolio already sorted but they've also got human people that can pay because they're rich to do all that kind of daylight stuff so being 16, stuck with crimped hair and having no prospects. Oh, come on. It sucks. <laughs> it does. What's oh, but worse, it's like, so real. It is. What's worse, though, being forever having crimped hair or having one spot in your leg where you've missed shaving? Because I could deal with the crimped hair. I would just tie my hair back. But just knowing that's one spot in my leg that knee, that hasn't been shaved would drive me absolutely up the wall. No, yeah. I look. I'm. I don't love this. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a fan of my own crimped hair right now. And if it was always like this all the time, oh, I would lose it. But you could still pin it up and do something with it. <sighs> yeah, but like it was popping out of that fishtail braid. It is. Ju- it's just gonna slowly work its way out, and then just. <laughs> oh, and then no. you have Medusa hair, which is perfectly fine by me. Because that just adds to the aesthetic. Lean right. into the goth. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Your neck flap. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I miss a spot shaving on my legs all the time. So yeah. I, it's par for the course. Sam. Sam Z's. Normal. Or yeah. it's like winter and you're like, you know what? I'm I'm really not gonna shave this week. <laughs> yeah. Stay warm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Do I need to show my legs? Yeah, best. Yeah. Shave. Does anyone does anyone even want to look at my legs right now? Probably not. I feel like people would be looking at my head more than my legs. I don't show my legs ever. Yeah, I don't either really. I I'm wear always trousers. wearing pants. Exactly. <laughs> but if I'm wearing a do, the physio was very awkward. Oh. If I'm wearing a cool, like, rockabilly dress, though... I'm wearing I will... tights. Yeah. Tights. Pattern yeah. tights. Yeah. Yeah. Loads. I've got some fantastic ones with spiderwebs on and bats. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. That's fine. You sorted. But we'd still be there and I would know about it. You've got more important things to worry about, Claire. You constantly, like, you forever work at Taco Bell. You've got more important things to worry about than that one hairy spot on your leg. I would eat every horrible customer at Taco Bell. I, I, I'm so glad I don't work customer service anymore. Oh, say. Well, I kind of do. I'm always talking to people at the library. Customers are not always right. It's a complete bullshit phrase. <laughs> customers yes. are ninety nine percent wrong, <laughs> and they make they make life so much harder. But you have to make them feel good about themselves. Sack that now. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, <laughs> I'm regressing God. to my sixteen year old self when I had to work customer service. Oh, oh God, I hated it so much. When I, I was did... sixteen, I sold knickers to nuns. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I worked in Marks and Spencers was my first ever job when I was 16, which is a clothing retail store in the UK, a very old one. And some nuns came in and they bought knickers, pants, whatever. Huge things, like Bridget Jones's diary. <laughs> I helped them find them on the rack and then I had to put them through the till. And then they invited me, because we were also buying shortbread, to their Christmas coffee morning. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm at work. But then <laughs> my old chemistry teacher <laughs> came in and bought underwear and I had to serve them. <laughs> I do not need to know what Mr. Atkinson keeps these junk. <laughs> Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Tidy whities. It was awful. It was awful. Um, I think I can classify it as a childhood trauma. You probably could. My first job when I was 16 or 17, I can't remember. Uh, It was a million years ago. I worked in a tanning salon, which is hilarious because I am the palest human ever. Um, (laughs) But man, it was disgusting because we had to clean up after the people who used the tanning beds. And it was so gross. It was so gross. And I had, there were some customers who would write each other secret sexy notes and tape them to the backs of the chairs in the little booth rooms. And I found one and it was not appropriate for 16, 17 year old me to read. Oh, no. But I found it and it was terrible. And I loved it. <laughs> Probably good job social media was, wasn't was a thing back then because it'd be like, right, that's Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> look at what I found today. Ooh. What was your worst job, Sonia? Or what did, did you have one when you were 16? Um, no, Taco Bell was probably my worst job that I had when I was 16 because I had to work. Well, I actually got the job when I was 15 because I lied about my age so I could get a job. <laughs> um, You're forging and- documents already. You're a yeah, great vampire. <laughs> they didn't require like picture ID back then to work, so they would and they didn't like really care that much about like child labor laws. So sometimes they'd have me working at like two in the morning when I was fifteen, oh, and God. like, yeah, it was wild. Ugh. Did you oh, have that's... to work like the grill as well as like customer facing as well, like the whole yeah, thing. The, oh. no, just customer facing, and then um. I waited tables at an all-night diner, and that I wouldn't say that was terrible, but it was just there was so many drunk people and just <laughs> so much like fighting all the time there, and it was just yeah, it was not fun. Oh, See, man. every single one of us are describing jobs with customers. Yeah, it was. Nice oh, and then. I worked at Blockbuster when they had videotapes, and it was my job to rewind all the tapes every day. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most tedious job I think I've ever had. Did you not get to watch movies while you were there, though? No, uh, you had to watch like their promo videos that they put up. So it was like you get to watch like little clips of movies, like. And it was the same thing over and over and over again. And then I would just stand there and rewind hundreds of tapes every day. I feel like TV has misrepresented working at Blockbusters to me, and I'm feeling cheated right now. (laughs) No. Damn it. Sorry, Claire. It's ruined for you. It's fine. They don't exist. Does any exist? Wasn't there like one hold out Blockbuster in Alaska or something? I feel like there's one somewhere. I'm going to Google it. You should. I feel like there's one somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, So the very last thing that we ask everybody who comes on Fictional Hangover is, is there anything else that you want to talk about that you're excited about? It doesn't have to be book related. It can be anything. We just want you to share fun stuff. You got anything? Um, I don't know. I mean, this week I'm taking a break. So that's exciting because I've I've actually this last year I started um, indie publishing as well as traditional publishing so i'm writing a lot more books every year i'm writing like six a year now instead of two and so um i am taking a break this week and that is exciting and i'm going to listen to a bunch of audiobooks and i'm going to do puzzles and that is going to be my whole life for like a week i love it and it's going to be 
what's your next audiobook that you have? Like, what do you... I am going to listen to Fourth Wing because I have terrible FOMO and I want to get in on the hype. <sighs> yeah, that's... I keep seeing people checking it out at the library and I'm like, I need I need to read this one. I need to read this one. I'm going to put it on hold right now while we're talking so I don't forget to do it. Well, here. while you're putting that on hold, I'm going to tell Sonia that we do have an indie spotlight um, in our episodes every week. So if you are publishing indie or oh, have yeah, anything tell new us. coming up, let us know yeah. and we can let everybody know about it as well. Oh yeah, we 100% oh, will all the time. Just send us an email. Um, where can people reach you or follow you? Stalk you in a consensual manner, not creepy at all, <laughs> just to find out what's coming out. <laughs> um, I have, you can go um, go to my website at um, soniahartle.com um, and sign up for my newsletter there. Um, you'll find me on Twitter at soniahartle1, um, Instagram at hartlesonia, and TikTok at soniahartlebooks because I can't seem to have one name uniform for all of my social media so it's variations of my name but my name is so uncommonly spelled anyways it's not that hard to find me yeah excellent excellent have you got that book on hold i actually i didn't even have to put it on hold one of my millions of libraries that i have library cards at had it available so audiobook borrowed <laughs> support your local library people and tell a librarian how awesome they are yes please someone come and tell me that I'm great and not a pedophile I would appreciate it you are awesome we love you and you are not doggy <laughs> in any way shape or form <laughs> oh. okay that's the, what a great way to end Ugh. Blech. thank you so much for joining us we really loved your book we had so much fun we're looking forward to reading more and you'll have to come back and join us when we do. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Thank Bye. So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss White Hot Kiss by Jennifer <laughs> L. Armantrout. We're starting a new month. Angels and Demons. Good choice for this month. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.